0: Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is, Any Questions? Part 6. Why the Church? Recorded Sunday, July 30th, 2023. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here are Scott and Parker with today's message. Would any of you, uh, just to start this off, would any of you be surprised if I told you that the numbers say that church attendance is declining. Just shake your head. Would I surprise you? Would I? T- okay, uh, me neither. Um, so this numbers tell stories, but they don't tell the whole story. My people back here, I really gotta. How you guys doing? Uh, they really, tell, they really tell the whole story, uh, but not the whole story. It's pretty rare that the entire world shuts down, switches rhythm, switches connections, switches habits, all that kind of stuff, and things get mangled up. That happened in 2020, right? But if we pretended to blame 2020 for the church attendance decline, that would be silly. This has been going on for decades. This is a pattern that we've seen for a long time. And that all being said, uh, like I said, it's been happening for decades. And we're only talking about Western culture, really, because there's other parts of the world like Eastern Asia, places like that, where this is not the story. The church is growing and the data is completely different. This is just our part of the world. And as I said before, the numbers don't tell the whole story. There are explanations for why people stop going to church. Even committed churchgoers and attendees are attending church less often. A 2021 survey done by Pew Research Center says that the number of people who claim to be Christians is declining steadily. Today, 63% of Americans describe themselves as Christian, and that's down from 75% just a decade ago, just 10 years ago. The number of people attending one to two times per month has declined 34% just since COVID, and one in three practicing Christians dropped out of attending church during 2020. Well, that's one in three. One in three. Now, reasons behind church attendance declining are varied and multi layered for sure, but a few of the main culprits include shifting cultural values, busier schedules, and scandal plagued denominations and church leaders. The things you'll hear said by people are like, I'm done with church. Or they'll say, I don't really need to go to church. My relationship with God is personal. I used that one in high school against someone who was inviting me to church. I'm not even kidding. I grew up being made to go, and I thought it was boring. You'll hear them say things like, the church is a man-made invention. It's not God's idea. So, with all that being said, today as we wrap up this series, any questions we're going to tackle some of the questions that maybe you've been asking or maybe some of your friends have been asking, and that's this. Why go to church? Why the church? Maybe you've been asking that. Maybe people around you have asked that or you wonder if they're asking that. So I'm going to ask Scott a bunch of uh, different questions that maybe you have, and we're going to see what he says. So does that sound good? Sound good? Okay, we're away. Here we are. Yep, yep. Here we go. Here we we go. go. So as I've been next to you over the last decade of doing ministry together, it's very obvious to me that your love and passion for the church is genuine, it's real. All its flaws and all its hang-ups, all that kind of stuff, and you still love it, and you believe wholeheartedly in the power of the kingdom of God in the local church. This isn't just philosophy for you, this is experience. Mm -hmm. So let's start off just by asking you, what is your first memory or first experience with church? What do you remember?
1: I remember Parker, uh, I was probably, I don't know, six years old, Mm And my Uncle Gerald and Aunt Eva lived on a farm outside of Woodbine, Iowa. I lived in Woodbine. They went to church in Missouri Valley. They were very active there. They would swing into Woodbine proper, pick up my sister Peggy and I, and motor us up the road to the Missouri Valley Church of Christ. And I remember just being loved by people... You know, there's this lady named Mrs. Delbridge. She was the preacher's wife. She ran the children's program. She was great. There was cookies and there was Kool-Aid. That was always a plus. Yeah. But it was just such a positive experience for right. me that I think it set yeah. me up to, to want to love the church.
0: Yeah. What, were the, uh, what were the names of your aunt and uncle again? Uncle Gerald and Aunt Eva. Uh, everybody in that story sounded like a character from a Louis L'Amour book, didn't it? <laughs> uh, come on, now you're showing <laughs> my age. There. That's come great. On. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Earlier, earlier, I quoted some statistics about the trend of people turning away from church. Why do you think people are doing that, and what's behind it? What do you th- what do you see from your vantage well, point? Well, you kind
1: of mentioned some of the some of the reasons. I think you know denominations that stray away from the Scripture, and so then they start behaving like culture. And mm-hmm. after a while, people say, "This isn't what the church should be," and I'm not yeah. going to be a part of it. So
0: they, yeah, they almost like just become a club, right? Yeah, I mean, whatever well, the club. Yeah, wants they become to do. they're
1: loyal yeah. to the denomination, but they start seeing the disconnect between what they what they are teaching and yeah. what they should be teaching. Sure. So, sure. And then, you know, people are wealthier in our culture than they were maybe when I was a child, and so um, they have more options, and they're yeah. doing stuff with their time and their money, and and maybe the church is getting lost in that. And and as you know, Parker, because you work, you you know, you struggle with it, you know, week in and week out with the students that you serve. Sure. Like, there's just a lot that parents are doing with their kids and the, and the culture has said you know what we're going to take over what was once sacrosanct which is Wednesday nights mm-hmm. and Sunday mornings yeah. and we're going to now put our stuff on those times because yeah. they're open yeah. and so then families have said they've made the choice we're going to do sports we're going to do dance we're going to do competitions yeah. in times when before you know you just didn't see people yeah. doing that and and I do think that you know there's some, something in people too like like if I am struggling with, with some issues in my life, yeah. I'm afraid that if I go to church, they're going to really focus on those things. And I'm, mm-hmm. gonna, I'm trying to avoid guilt, and they're going to bring up stuff that make me feel more guilty. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I, don't wanna, I don't want the accountability from others yeah. in these areas of my life, so yeah, therefore sure. it's easy for me to say I'm not going to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, there's other options too, like online church. That, yeah. We didn't even know what that sure. was in 1983 19... yeah. when yeah. I started in mm-hmm. ministry.
0: And now we got VR church. You just watch it in your eyeballs. Or right, whatever. right. Yeah. I mean, it, the world's Jeez.
1: changed, you know. Yeah. And, and yet I think we're missing something with that yeah. because there's something about the gathering of yeah. people. And, yeah, for sure. And, I, and, and even like in our postmodern culture, there is the unrelenting message that anything organized or institutional is wrong. Oh, sure. And the church gets yeah. caught up in that, too.
0: Yeah. So what would you say, and all that, I mean, everybody's got their own story, right? That's just, we can do that all day. But sure. what would you say for people who are turning away because of those different pressures or options or anything like that?
1: Well, I think it probably depends on the story. You already yeah, mentioned right. that, that there's a lot of variance in that story. But, um Uh, the strength of culture coming against the church has a lot to do with how many people are viewing the church. And Mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, the church has always stood the test of time when it comes to how the culture changes, but the church has found ways to stay true to its original intent that as Jesus created it. So it's always, the church is always going to remain. And yet we have to figure out what it means for us in this new day to stay clear with the theology of our life, you know? And, and, and I do think just, and, I've, and I'm not gonna go too much further, but just the, the many other options that people have today, sure. I just think that maybe that's the reason they're using, and I don't know, you know, like, I, I, you know this as well as I do, I'll, I'll have conversations with people and maybe they're 25 or their kids are older and they're just rejecting mm-hmm. Christianity and they're frustrated by it or they're struggling with yeah. it. And if I'm having those conversations and, and their life is kind of chaotic, or they're struggling with their spirituality, I, I don't ever hear them say things like, Man, I just wished I would have went to more sports practices on Sundays. I think that would have really got brought the hope mm. I need. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, but what they're yeah. what they're saying is, I, I wished I would have been more serious mm. about my my walk with God and being a part of his people, I think it would yeah. help me.
0: Yeah, there's power in that. Yeah. Um, so when a Christian, uh, same page, different paragraph, here we go. When a Christian says, I go to church, and someone, so another one says, I don't go to church, what does that make you think of, like, ref- like they're referring to a
1: building? Yeah, so I, it always makes me think that is not what church is. Like okay. I, church isn't a place I go. I mean, I go right. to church. I go be with the people of God but it's not church isn't where I go yeah it's who I am yeah like it's it's a part of me as I go out of here yeah like I'm a part of this grand this grand invention of God the body of Christ and so every member plays a part in being that certainly coming here has something to do with it but so that we can be effective when we leave mm-hmm. here. That's the church.
0: Yeah, so it's not so much about the building. That's such a paradigm shift for our culture, you know, go it to sure church is. on Sunday. But really means get together with the church on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. So how would you respond to a person who says, I don't need, like me in my high school days, How I don't need to be in church to be a Christian. What would you say to that?
1: Yeah, I, 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 must, I have a cynical part of me, and okay. it can be, can be sinful, right, okay. if I'm too cynical. okay but there is something that i might snip i may be snippy about it i might okay. say well you must know better than jesus because he said that we need oh. the body of christ okay and so it is his creation to change the world and there's even places in the scripture that makes it very clear like in hebrews chapter 5 where it says let us not forsake the yes, gathering right. together mm-hmm. because there's strength that comes from us being together we don't forsake that yeah. there's power that comes from that as a as a body of people. So I think we pay a price when, when we sacrifice, you know, that clear direction in our lives and we're a part of a church. Okay. And, and there's all kinds of things you can do, like we've already talked about. You can, you, you might have a list of podcasts that you go to for spiritual development. Um, and By the way, I do, yeah, you know. Uh, you might have your playlist that you love of music yeah. mm-hmm. that helps you to be in a spirit of worship with God when you're out of here, which I have that too. But but I would say if I can do all that stuff, but if I don't have you and you don't have, you don't have us, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're missing something, you know. And I'm probably preaching to the choir this morning, but it's still true, yeah. you know. So yeah. I, I guess I feel like that, that there's going to be things that happen here that challenge us that can't happen in those methods. Interesting. Yeah, so.
0: Do you think it has anything to do with people feeling... Uh like the pressure of being here and the accountability of it, or anything like that.
1: I think so. I well, not some people for yeah. sure. Like some people just don't like accountability. We're Americans, right? Yeah. We do it on our own terms. We're Louis Lamore. Come on, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we're yeah, you know yeah, we're right. the cowboy going into the yeah, town and right, we're gonna right. be ourselves, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, but but that that does bleed into this. Yeah, for and sure. The individualism that we don't want to sacrifice to be all we can be for each other does, that is that plays a part for some people.
0: Yeah, sure. I think uh, both of you and I kind of vibe with that a little bit because we both in our stories have a moment in our life where we're like, we're not atheists, but at the same time, we're putting off dealing with God and God dealing with us as long mm-hmm. as we could. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's probably the last step is because people know and they, they walk into a space where where God mm-hmm. is moving and present. It's going to be time to deal with mm-hmm. some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hey, and to their credit, that's a lot of pressure, but this is a good place to do it. You fit right in. We're all doing it together. Yeah, for sure. uh, So let's go back to the concern about, uh, that some have about the failures that have occurred and the abuses. And we would like the church to behave like heaven on earth, but realistically, the church has not always represented heaven very well. So how would you respond to a person who is bothered by, appropriately so, the abuses that have happened from so-called Christians in the name of the church?
1: Yeah, um, I was... (sighs) just thinking about this differently even from our last message to this mm-hmm, one, our last mm-hmm. interview. Um, there's nothing that grieves me more yeah. than when I see a trusted leader fail. Yeah. And, and it's not surprising because that's what sin does to us. It causes us to fail. And those people are just as human as we are. Yeah. So everyone's susceptible yeah. to that kind of failure. Yeah. And and if someone's hurt by that, like if they're victimized by it, we stand with you. Yes. And we stand with you to say, that's wrong, we're gonna find ways to move forward together to do the things that God can do in our lives to make it different, right? Yeah. But I do think there's something powerful in the whole idea that, that people fail us. Yeah. The power is that God never does, and that God uses our imperfections to do something very beautiful in the world, mm. and that is to take His gospel to people who need to know Jesus. So, if you think about it from that standpoint, He takes the broken, He redeems us, yeah. He is changing us so that we can be His ambassadors to take the most important message the world can ever hear through our brokenness. Yeah. So there's power in that, too.
0: Yeah, and you see I mean, you see that all through the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, where the people Jesus called into ministry weren't heroes by any means. You know, they were fishermen. They were, you know, average Joes, un- uneducated <laughs> men or whatever, you know. So um, there's some power in, like when we say that you belong here, we mean it in, in that mm-hmm. sense of like, we're all in it together.
1: Yeah, and we bring that to it. You know, like in Ephesians chapter three, it talks about it. It says in chapter three, verse 10, His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. The idea, Parker, that God would use you and me, and this is the wisdom of God, he would use you and me and us in all of our brokenness. To take his message forward, now that that's truly amazing yeah. to me. And yeah, it might okay. be one of the most amazing things about the church. And I and I just appreciate that about God, that yeah. he would have that kind of faith and trust mm-hmm. in us. Yeah. That he would hand his jewel mm-hmm. over to yeah. us, you know.
0: And it's right, like in, with people in leadership, like he talked about this a little bit of like being above reproach. And like we, that we talk all the time as a staff of like, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, you know, there is something to be said about being called to lead in the church whether you're an elder or a, a staff member that is is put in position to to be in a leadership role there's this term called above reproach meaning that you know when people look at our lives they say they, they don't they, they don't misunderstand our humanity look yeah. they they know just every bit as much as they are they we struggle with with our own temptation and yeah. sin and but we're people who are on a trajectory of change yeah. that Jesus brings yeah. And, and therefore, there's no accusation to be made about about our behavior. And what we see in fallen leaders is they have forgotten that. And, and maybe it's power, mm-hmm. maybe it's yeah. maybe it's they think they're above reproach yeah. and they can do yeah. any, they can do whatever yeah. they want. They take it the wrong direction, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they fail in it. Yeah. Epic so you're ways. saying
0: like, what is up here or what is in here matches what's out there. Yeah. That's that's yeah, the life. Yeah. For sure. Of. For sure. So moving on, uh, we see a lot of attempts to deconstruct institutions in our culture. This would be government, law enforcement, the medical professions, uh, educational systems, and even church. Yeah. So de- how do you make sense of all of that?
1: Well, I think that term deconstruction, it's a big one. I, I, definition-wise, I might even struggle with a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. Um, because I think some people use it as, this is my excuse that I'm yeah, not going right. to trust these institutions. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, like
0: doubt is the highest form of enlightenment and I doubt everything, so now I am wise. It's yeah, like, I, well, it's, the heart in that is just I'm better than everything. Yeah. So there's nothing yeah. wrong in, in filtering through some doubt or whatever, but then what's reconstructed? Yeah, I think we mark. all have doubts. But yeah, that's But, right.
1: but I, wouldn't you think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but this culture and what we see really feeds that. Yeah, like sure. feeds, I can't trust the government. Yeah. I can't trust education. Yeah. I can't trust uh, medical yeah. profession. Yeah. Uh, they just want my money. I, I just I can't trust the legal system. I yeah. can't trust the church. And I think we we become this society that just becomes a society of distrust. Yeah. And and, and not that we shouldn't be challenged to change brokenness in any of those realms. Yeah, that's right. That, that we have a responsibility as citizens of our country, or you know, as people who rely on the the, the structures. Mm-hmm. But I would say that, that that's almost taken over to the point where it really affects all of our thinking. Yeah, and so sure. I, I just think, like people say, well, we don't, we don't need more churches. We mm-hmm. need better churches. I would say, no, we need more churches. Yeah, for we sure. We need better churches, yeah. more humble churches, more, uh, more direct, you know, uh, churches that are, are serious about the most important things mm-hmm. that, that Jesus puts in our hands yes. the gospel, hope. Yeah grace, heaven, you know, all those things. We need more of those. And we need a church that will change and continue to change to keep up with his vision to reach people.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and right on that that wave, like when I meet people who go to different churches and they're like, well, I go to this, I'm like, great, one church ain't gonna reach 50,000 people in Grand Island or, Mm -hmm. you know, up and broke up or whatever it is. Like there needs to be healthy, humble churches that are loving people for sure. Oftentimes people who are, frustrated with the church say things like there's too much change or there's not enough change or too much of this not enough of that things like that how would you respond to the person who's struggling with questions that deal with uh methods not mission but methods a particular church engages in
1: yeah it's a big thing it's a big thing here because i mean i will say that most of my conversations with people who have been in a part of a church they aren't like oh man we just got to do reaching the lost better mm-hmm. if they're frustrated yeah it's more like i don't like that yeah yeah sure <laughs> you know sure. what i mean yeah. like i don't like that method yeah and so here's what i would say about change when 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 god placed jesus in his mission into the world it was yeah. to change yeah and think about what he did so he comes into this culture and this church mm-hmm. it was it was first century judaism mm-hmm. and there was synagogues and there was a temple and he changed everything and he took what was best about that and he wrapped it into what would be new about it yeah. and the new is called the church yeah he came in and he changed the world through the church you know we have this uh, phrase that we use and other churches use it. we didn't invent this yeah yeah it's been around for hundreds of years What we say is an essential's unity. So that would be like the vital doctrines of the church. God, sin, Jesus, forgiveness and and reconciliation through Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The formation of the church to change the world. He's coming again and a few other things in between. How we live our lives as believers. There's several things that are in that Area of essentials. Then, so he says, in essentials, unity in opinions, hmm. liberty. Yeah. So you like this kind of worship? I like that kind of worship. Yeah. You think the color of the building should be this? I think the color should be mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd like it if the church did this. I like it if the you know those are opinions, and so we have our liberties in that. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that means that we have to find a way to yeah. to make those things. Happen in our own experience, so we can worship God with with a clear heart. Yeah, you know, the really pure good. heart. And then in all things, Parker, it says he says in, in that phrase in all things, love. Yes, like love is like the the juice that gives uh-huh. us the ability to operate yeah. in our in our unique um, yeah. opinions that we have. Yeah, and, and I so, just even
0: think of like the 30 years that you've been doing ministry just here. Just how much, how much change has happened, would you say? Yeah. <laughs> in lot. methodology? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, For sure. the methods always change. The mission never does. And yeah. I always play this game with myself. I'm like, I'm imagining myself at 70 and going like, what would I be grumpy about that the church does now? Like, mm-hmm. it's got to be the VR thing. I'd be like, these kids don't know how to look each other in the eye. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I'd be doing. But everything's going to change. It's always going to change. Yeah. It's always yeah. going to change. Yeah. So what would you say to a person that says, I want to belong to a church that's more biblical or I want to go deeper, I Mm -hmm. want more from this?
1: Yeah, I I want to belong to a church, and I do belong to a church that is always striving to be biblical and deeper. Mm -hmm. So that is certainly a part of who we are as a church. Um, But I I would say, I would make it personal. Like, that's how I would handle that question. I would say, okay, great. What are you doing to get deeper? I see. What are you doing yeah. to serve? Because serving is how we go deeper, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, how are, what are you doing in your life that is changing your behavior toward a more Christ-like yeah. behavior? Kerry like Neewolf, who's kind of a church guru, he's, he writes a lot, he speaks, he's a pretty big deal, I guess. But he has this, and I think it's good. He said, you want a more biblical church, okay. Don't show up to church weekly or monthly gather daily before dawn, get up before the sun rises to pray together with other Christians before you go to work or school. If you want a more biblical church, don't claim anything as your own. Pool your possessions with others to reach and care for believers and to reach the world. If you want a more biblical church, be willing to lose your job, your home, your family, and even your life because you follow Jesus. Then you will be more biblical. Mm.
0: That's pretty challenging. Yeah, it's, it's about what's outside of those walls. I love what you said about serving, too, and I'll just add this, that I've had people ask me, like, for mentorship programs here at the church. Like, I need a mentor. How Can you pair me with a – I'm like, man, just go greet people go start serving. Mm-hmm. And and the person you're standing mm-hmm. next to while you're holding doors for people, you're going to find out is a man who's following Jesus in his 60s and have been doing it for 30 years. And then you're like, oh my gosh, how did you like hold your family together when you went through? And then you, all of a sudden you got a mentor. All of a sudden you have community. All of a sudden you have those relationships that go deeper. So I, I totally love the idea of serving is is a, a portal of getting deeper in mm-hmm. church. I love that so much. Uh, someone might say, there are a lot of different churches. Why do I need your version of church? What makes you better?
1: Well, I find a massive amount of joy serving in this church. This, mm-hmm. Like, I started saying this because I'm getting older. Yeah. This is our life work. Yeah. Like This is I'm so, I'm so blessed. You yeah. know, to be a yeah. part of this church. But we're not the only church. Mm-hmm. You know, we That's are. Right. We're not the only Christians, but we are Christians. Yeah. And and I think God uses the ver- variety of churches to reach people that third city can't reach in this community. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm kind of egotistical about this. I think we should be able to reach everybody yeah. until I look around and say, no, we're not capable of that. Cause yeah. so, so in, I'm uh, look, we're going to support other works too, that mm-hmm. we think can do a better job of reaching people for Jesus than yeah. maybe we can because of who we are. That's good. Yeah. So some
0: people think, and even hope that the church is dying and that the future of the church is that it would someday not exist what hope do you have for the future of the church?
1: Well, I'm just going to echo what Jesus said, and this is uh, one of my favorite passages of all of Scripture because I love the church, and yeah. I think he does. That's why I love it. But it says in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not mm. prevail against yeah. it. Yeah. And you know what? There's no other organization on earth that can face hell mm. like the church can. Yeah. So I'm going to be a part of that. Yeah. So
0: it's every preacher's dream that someone would ask, uh, "What can I do to best serve Jesus through our church? Like, how do I, how do I um, embody what we're talking about? Not just seeing this as a building that I come to, but it's a, a, a body of believers that I'm a part of." What would you say to
1: that? Well, I know it's going to sound like it'd be contradictory. What you just said, but I would say the first thing is come here on yeah. Sunday morning, like you are. Like that's a start, right? Where you come in. You won in. today. You win. Yeah. There you go. So you're doing the <laughs> Done. you're doing the first best thing, I think, which is to be a part of. Because, you know, there's a lot of effort that goes into making this an opportunity to develop us so that we can be better out there. Yes. And I, I say Sunday, it can be Wednesday, it can be our sure. kids programming that, right. we, that, we, that we offer in special ways. Right. Um, so get involved, like we've talked about serving, find mm-hmm. a place to serve, we'll help you with that. Yeah. We, we, have, we have ways to step in deeper, like through our Third City & You option that comes every month and we invite people to that. Yeah. Uh, getting into a small group. We're going to do some things in, the, in, in, in August that are going to help people connect. And right. so I just just take a step, you yeah. know? And, and we'll, we'll do our best to help you I love to that. take the next step. Yeah.
0: Well, I hope this has been helpful to you. Thank you so much for answering all the questions. We're going to move into a time of communion. And it's, it's beautiful the way that this ties into what we're talking about, that it's not just about a building, but it's about a, a shared experience. So what, what thoughts do you have on communion with what we're talking well, about? Just think
1: about the brilliance of God. We're not surprised, but yeah. the brilliance of God who the night before he went to the cross, Jesus said, I'm going to give you this experience, mm-hmm. and you're going to have this experience not just tonight, but when you gather together in my name, and it, it represents him in all ways. His body broken, his blood shed. When we do this, it's called communion in common. We do it together. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he, he says this in, in, in another place. He says, Where two or more ga- are gathered in my name, yeah. I'm there. Yeah. So here we are gathered in his name. He's here. Yeah. This is a shared experience, it's very powerful. And so we're going to do it together, Parker. We're going to actually commune right now. And uh, we're going to commune together. If you'd like to join us. And then after we uh, take the emblems, I'm going to have prayer. this is a great experience to be together and when I say together when I'm partaking in this special sacred moment what I'm acknowledging is that I can't do it without you and I can't do it without my brothers and sisters who are communing with me it takes all of us it's a shared experience to commune but More importantly, it represents the shared experience of being the body of Christ on earth. So, Lord, we celebrate that in this moment, this moment of communion. We're grateful to you, Lord, because you love the church. You gave your life to save us. And the gates of hell will not prevail against you. I want to be a part of that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I wanted to thank you for being here. You know, I was—I just think it it takes some courage to go against the flow and and come into a place like this. Uh, sometimes I think I take that for granted because I, I love so much being here with you. But for some of you, it was a big step for you to come in today. And I want to thank you for that. If you're joining us online, and maybe you've just been hesitant to get back to church for whatever reason, I want to challenge you to come in and start experiencing the live worship that happens here on Sundays and some of the other community opportunities that Christianity offers you. I think you'll be better for it. I believe that. You know, when I started writing this message about two weeks ago, I compiled something like 43 pages of notes. And uh, I was kind of overwhelmed by it, to be honest. I didn't know what I was going to say. So that's why we took this approach of having the interview, and I appreciate Parker uh, doing so. But I did, I did wanna share with you just what rose out of my notes that for me answers the question, why church? Because if you're a Christian, you are the church. Because the church is God's invention, it's his dream work. Because the church is God's way to make disciples, to change us to be his followers. Because the church is God's way for him to interact with his people. He uses this methodology. Because together, we can move mountains. We can do nothing on our own. And we need Christ and we need his body to do the biggest things in the world. Because I think the church is one of the crowning, the most, one of the crowning events, the start of the church in the history of the world the greatest change agent of all has been the church. And the church is amazing, that's why. Because the church is the only organized entity on earth that can stand against hell. And if you think about it, it's a brilliant tactic on the part of Satan to somehow make us doubt the church, to to make us think that we can be better off against him on our own man I have seen so many lives that have been destroyed by that thinking it's really a clever tactic but here's something to think about the church helps even those who resent the church the church steps in and loves people even who are against it that's the way we are that's the way we are Because the thing that matters most is that God is glorified and that we all make it to heaven together. That's why we're here. And I'm glad you're a part of it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11, 30 a.m. in Grand Island and at ten fifteen a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at
1: 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.